everyone. Welcome to this week's episode of Serial Killers Cafe. I'm your host, Stephanie, here with my co-host, Ariel. Welcome, friends. Welcome. Happy Friday. Hope y'all are doing well. Hopefully the warm weather has started rolling around. New England, it's always so uh, hard to know if the weather's going to stay. So, like, we get really nice days, but then, like, it's, like, 80, and then it's, like, 60. And then it's, like, so hopefully wherever you are, it is staying consistently warmer. We're starting to finally get to that point, so we're getting excited. Guys, a couple of days ago, we dropped below freezing. Yeah. So we're very excited to, like, be up and live our best lives. Uh, Yes. And finally get outside because, as we all know, quarantine was very hard, especially on the colder days. So it's nice to be able to get outside and go for walks and do all that fun stuff. So today, um, welcome to episode 28. We are so excited. Um, And today we're drinking. I finally I did a quarantine drive by a social distancing drive by um, to Ariel's house. She calls it social distancing drive by. She fucking threw tea out the window and drove away. First of all, I was in a bag and it was funny. So (laughs) (laughs) like, honestly, I don't think Ariel would have expected me to do anything else. So that's the only reason why I did it. Like, like, I think she would have been more upset if I like casually stopped and was like, hey, how's it going? Here's this guy (laughs) in tea. Like it was way funnier because I like haphazard chucked it out my window so ariel has tried david's tea we're drinking um it's called sunny sea um we made it iced because it is definitely getting warmer out and it's really good it's very like citrusy has a lot of like apples and different like um citrusy fruits in there um but it's really good iced so that's one of the things i love love about david's tea is that you can drink any of them hot or iced Um, And I feel like that's a big game changer for me because then I don't feel like an ass drinking like a thousand degree hot tea when it's 89 degrees outside. Um, But I still get to like enjoy the fact that I love tea and have that as like a nice, cool, refreshing drink. So definitely check out David's tea, obviously, because I bring it up all the time. Clearly, if you haven't checked it out, you should. If you have and you have a great flavor, please let us know. We'd love to hear um me especially i will definitely try it yeah we're all about trying things we might not like a lot of things but we'll try them before we agree or disagree on liking them so today we are covering david sorry derek toddley so errol do you want to jump into derek over here yes i definitely do so born november 5th 1968 in st francisville louisiana which is a place not st francisville but louisiana in general always i just want to visit it so bad same i don't know why i know i just feel like i do maybe Um, because new orleans is there what maybe it's because new orleans is there probably i yeah i guess it has to be right i don't know anyway one of four children lee was physically abused by his stepfather and apparently his mother who was said to be very domineering uh was fully aware of this abuse and just let it fucking happen. Just did zero fucks. Um, so Derek Tali was considered mentally challenged. Um, he was put in special education classes and he was bullied, unfortunately. Um, so at the age of 13, so this is in 1981, uh, he was arrested for burglarizing and vandalizing a candy store. And on the same day, he assaulted a woman in front of his mother. Well, she didn't do so, anything about because she apparently. Yeah, apparently, she just the see something, mother. say something method is not happening with her at all. No, she is like, her. nah. Not her, not it's her almost thing. like a, she doesn't want to get involved, which is weird because like, 
you're his mom, but it's almost like she's very okay with like just pretending like these things don't happen or exist so she doesn't have to worry about them pretty much. It's very bizarre. Very, yes. very bizarre. It really so, is. Alright, so he assaults this woman in front of his mother. Um, it doesn't appear that anything really happens on that front. So he was arrested for the burglarizing. He's 13, so I mean, not that much is going to happen. So three years later, so he's 16 years old, on August 8th, uh, he's arrested again um, but however, this time it's for suspicion of murder, but he gets released. Don't so. they all? <laughs> uh, literally. You don't, don't want to say it, but like how many of them have gotten released, even though they're like, wow, you know what? He had every sign that he was going to murder a shit ton of people. We actually thought he did, but. Bye. Yeah. Like, it just so, blows I mean, my mind. He's not charged with that murder and it kind of just goes away. Um, he was also known for setting things on fire, including his own car. Um, he did this in order to collect the insurance money. Um, however, it said that it failed. I mean, he was like, what, 17 or 18? I highly doubt he could, like, know exactly how to commit insurance fraud. Yeah, like, especially in something like, it's not like, oh, you got in a bad car accident. Like, oh, my bad. Like, you literally set it on fire. It's really hard to be like, oh, it was an accident. Like, Right. <laughs> like, oh, it just combusted. I don't know how. Like, Even stand. though I was standing there, witnesses said. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so let's jump to um, July of 1988. He was again arrested. Um, so at this point, he is an adult. Um, he was arrested for attempting to rob another civilian. But the charges were reduced, and he ends up getting released from jail. Yeah. So he just keeps getting a lot of lucky breaks. Uh, which most of our serial killers do. They get a lot of second chances. They get a lot of lucky breaks. There's a lot of, like, oh, they're young. Oh, it's their first offense as an adult. Oh, like, even though there's so many signs, um, at the end of the day, it's still, like, you need something that's going to stick for the foreseeable yeah. future and a lot of them just luck out not like literally pure luck if they're not doing anything that's making it this way they're literally just lucky as hell yeah and unfortunately they are um so later in 1988 he met jacqueline sims and married her um so he meets her in july and marries her in august so they really like they don't waste any time um i could uh, never marry someone that quickly i still don't even know if i like myself sometimes let alone like a month like literally barely a month i mean times were different then not so different this is still 1988 it's not like it was yeah it still would have been weird to marry someone like after a month and like so does this was this family just like they don't i'm well actually i'm assuming they weren't good people so they didn't i was gonna say let's think about that they didn't care that he was assaulting women in front of them they definitely don't care that he got married facts sorry my um (laughs) so it does say though that their relationship was very strained from the beginning there was um some physical abuse happening and he also this would be a deal breaker for me uh he threatened jacqueline sims father with a gun yeah but your dad would have like just destroy him. him yeah, yeah. like that wouldn't there wouldn't have been a thing here um, no that wouldn't no, no, no. um so yeah that was very very interesting there's not a whole lot about their relationship just that it was strained it certainly wasn't a healthy relationship yeah um so prior to him being charged for murder he had been arrested for stalking women um so 
he kind of built his way up to murder. Um, however, when you know these people, when women were being killed, he was initially overlooked by police because, and this is not rare, um, the police were looking for a white man, which, as we know, most serial killers are white men in their 20s or 40s. Um, so that was kind of just what they were looking for. Um, the only reason they ended up finding Derek Todley was it was through DNA test. Um, so there was DNA that was linked in the deaths of seven, seven different women in Louisiana. So we're in like Baton Rouge and Lafayette. Uh, and this was in 2004. Um, he did end up getting convicted of these um, in all separate trials. Um, and it ended up the his final, one of his final victims, Charlotte Pace, um, that trial ended in a death sentence. That's wild. So, I mean, he does end up being caught. So, guys, the newspaper suggested that Lee was responsible for other unsolved murders, but um, they couldn't connect his DNA. But this is so messed up. It turns out that during the same time that he was killing people, there was another serial killer named Sean Vincent Gillis also operating in the Baton Rouge area. Which Sometimes, is funny. We just talked about this in our last episode about when we did all those serial killers in like the same spot in the 80s. Yes, it's crazy. And the best part is that he was, um, so Sean Vincent Gillis, who was the other serial killer, was basically killing at the same time as Lee. In basically so the, the same area. Yes. So police have all these victims. Like we said, they were able to connect seven of them via DNA. But there were other victims that ended up being Sean Vincent Gillis victims um, that they couldn't link because, of course, he wasn't the killer. Um, so Derek Tavi's methods, um, as far as the actual killing, uh, vary greatly. Um, and there some similarities in the crimes would include he would just like do random things like remove um like cell phones from the victims uh remove just like random stuff that they had uh, and also it should be noted that there were no visible signs of forced entry where the victims were attacked so somehow he was able to either get into their house or get them to come with him like and he's not, like, an overly good-looking guy. Like, he's a normal-looking no, person, but he's not, yeah. like, someone where I'd be like, oh, my gosh, you're dreamy. Come on in. I mean, I wouldn't do that anyway, but I'm just saying, well, like... Hopefully not. Hopefully not. It's just very, um, So, like, like I had stated before, um, the police and then when the FBI come in, they're all looking for a white killer. So they actually administered thousands of DNA tests to white men, Um and then, so it wasn't until a private DNA testing company did an ancestry test on the DNA and found out that the suspect was, in fact, African-American. So then that's the point where police are like, oh, shit, it probably is this Derek Todd Lee guy. So whoops. that's messed up. <laughs> Arby. I said, whoops. It's just crazy to me, like, these, first of all, that they're both killing. Like, do you think they ever met? <laughs> I know, right? Hey, oh my God, you're killing people too. So cool. Let's you're like, so actually, this street's my turf. Could you take the next one? That'd be great. Yeah, 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 right. Like, you know how there's like drug turf wars or whatever? I wonder if there's like serial killer turf wars because some of them do, like, this is more common than I think I thought it was when we first started that there are a lot of serial killers that kill in the same area at the same time. 
Yeah. And like never true. cross paths. Don't kill in the same way, but like are both just straight up murders. It makes me very uncomfortable. It, um, it does. Okay, and, so Steph, I would like you to talk about Diane Alexander because she is critical in the capture of Darren Todley. Yes. Okay. So Lee entered the St. Martin Parish home that was the home of Diane Alexander on July 9th of 2002. So remember, a lot of the people we're doing right now are in the early 2000s. Yeah. So a lot of them are not insanely old by any means. Like uh, most of the people I think we've done recently have been way back when. Um, yeah. So this is all not so long ago. Um, so Lee goes in, beats Alexander severely and attempts to rape her. She is actually the only known survivor of Derek Todd Lee. Um, she survived because her son walked in during him trying to like rape and beat oh her God. and frightened him. And he literally like frightened him out of the back of the house. And like this boy could not have been that big or old right. based on the description they gave. So her son actually chased him through the back of the house and was able to get a description of his car. So, I mean, he wasn't like three, but he definitely wasn't. I don't think like a grown adult right. by any means. He had details as to what Lee looked like. And then on May 22nd of 2003, he actually described Lee to a police sketch artist. I also know Errol and I have talked about this before because we are terrible <laughs> at faces. Oh my God. And we would Never. suck. Uh, like, and mind you guys, I literally talk to Errol every day. I've known her since I was five. So we've now known each other right. for 26 years. years. Like, um, we, even when we record virtually right now, like we're still recording while we can see each other's faces. And I'd be like... Sometimes she wears glasses and uh, her hair should be blonde right now, but we're in quarantine. I'm sorry. <laughs> like, I feel really bad because I'm just, I'm not good with, like, nope. I, like, I would be terrible at this. And it's not that I don't remember her face. It's that I just wouldn't be able to describe it in a way where someone I How thought could successfully just that? say it. Oh, uh, she has eyes. I don't know. Yeah. Oh, and, like, I don't know. Like, yeah. Like, what yeah. shape is Stephanie's eyes? Um, eye shaped? I don't know. Yeah. Uh, sometimes our eyebrows are done. Sometimes they're not. Right. <laughs> they're not like super bushy though. Like, I don't know. I just, so between the DNA evidence gathered off of the victims that had died and then the psychological profile made by Mary Ellen O'Toole and then the police sketch based on Alexander's description, Diane's son, the police went public with the info. They were in a nearby town and they were like, okay, we're putting it out there. Like someone's got to help us find this guy. We got to put an end to this. So in a nearby town of, Zach, it's called Zachary, um, someone recognized him like in a peeping Tom incident that they had just investigated. And so the police in Zachary called the police in Baton Rouge and they were like, hey, we just wanted to let you know we had this peeping Tom issue not too long ago. Um, here's the name of he sounds like your killer yeah so they also that police department also at the baton rouge police department know that they had a dna sample from lee due to a prior murder investigation from six to eight months earlier the one he wasn't so convicted that's probably of. the murder that yeah so the dna lab ran and compared the samples and they were a match to Derek todd lee so then Lee was identified as a primary suspect in these crimes and law enforcement ended up locating and capturing him in Atlanta, Georgia. So he obviously knew like he was going to get caught and he was like, I'm going to flee, which I always wonder why they're going to flee. Cause like you're going to get, someone's going to eventually recognize you unless you're getting straight up full on plastic surgery to be a different person. Like someone right. is eventually going to recognize you, especially like if they're putting you on the news. Right. 
It's not like someone wrote a newspaper article in their town. Like you're literally on the media. Everyone is looking for you. And you're like, oh, I will totally get away with this. I'm also pretty confident that he ended up being on America's Most Wanted. Ooh, interesting. I feel like I remember reading that. Um, so he was he waived extradition and was returned to Baton Rouge. He was tried in August of 2004 for the murder of Gerilyn DeSoto. DeSoto had been found dead in her home after being stabbed numerous times. Her, oh DeSoto's God. husband had actually initially been the primary suspect in her murder. But as the like, investigation obviously went on, they didn't have any evidence linking him. Like His DNA didn't match, nothing. And it did all match to Lee. So that was, it's just, it's crazy to me because he literally was just like on a rampage. Yeah. And, and very careless, just left his DNA all over the fucking place. Like so many of them are so careless. I truly don't understand yeah. it. It's mind blowing to me. So um, he was eligible uh, for first degree murder charges, but the district attorney actually elected to try for murder in the secondary because DeSoto had not been sexually assaulted. Like, oh, sorry, you weren't also raped. So right. we're lessen the sentence. Um, so because of this, a first degree murder conviction would have been harder to obtain, which again, blows my mind. Like you still murdered someone. So you should be able to be charged with murder. And we have your DNA on the deceased. I think that that we should definitely do, um, maybe we'll do like a bonus episode about like, um, different like degrees of murder and stuff and what they mean. Cause I feel like sometimes I'm like. Um, he's guilty. <laughs> you all know. Right. <laughs> so I understand, Why like, are we I understand the point. It's like, oh, you want them to get like the most time served and like make sure that they get convicted. But it's like, okay, but if you murdered someone, then you should be charged for murder. That's agreed. Like just because you didn't also rape them doesn't mean you should get a lesser freaking charge. That's ridiculous. No. And I say that because if these people do, even if they were to change and get out, like even that person we did, um, Paul Runge, like, so, okay, but like killing four people versus killing like 10 people is a big difference to people because yeah. if you're not, if you're only charged for killing four, it's people are like, okay, well four's terrible. But people are like, Oh my God, 10. That's insane. You know what I mean? Like, it, right. Not Why that you're like, Oh, it's less because you killed four, but like you should be charged and convicted for every single thing you do so that people know yeah. every, I don't care if you killed 80 people or eight people. I should know how many people you killed. Cause you should be charged Agreed. for every one of them. Right. That's it. That's just, that's, that's my opinion on that one. Yeah, that's our two that's, that's all of our sense um so anyway he was convicted by a jury and sentenced to life imprisonment without parole um there was some argument though that he was actually incompetent to stand trial um during different psychiatric evaluations that had been done he actually scored a 65 average on standard iq tests and a score below 69 is what's considered to be the threshold for what can be considered mental retardation. And actually, in when he was younger, kids were actually calling him retarded, which was right. a big issue. Like, when he was being bullied, that was a you know big issue. Um, however, they did end up deciding he was deemed fit to stand trial, even though his IQ was very low. Uh, he was convicted on October 14th of 2004 for the rape and murder of the LSU, LSU graduate student Charlotte Pace, he was sentenced to die by lethal injection. On January 16th of 2008, the state Supreme Court upheld the murder conviction and the death sentence. He was placed on death row at the Louisiana State Penitentiary in Angola. And then he actually died of heart disease on January 21st of 2016. So he wasn't executed. He just died of heart disease. Look, we finally cover a killer who was like definitely going to get executed. <laughs> and and he then dies. he dies of natural causes. How rude. <laughs> 
Oh God. <laughs> this is about us. Hello. Um, so he was definitely super interesting. I think I think one of the things I find interesting about um, a lot of these killers is when they are so careless, how long they still get away with things. Yeah, that's worrisome. Like even for um, Quincy Allen, who was obviously like a complete straight up disaster, like he still was able to kill like a ton of people in like five days. Mm-hmm. Like, right. you know what I mean? It's like, even if you were to catch them a, like a week later, like that means that they still can kill a numerous amounts of people in a week if they want right. to, no matter how careless they are. And like, if you're just leaving, you, and do you want to get caught? I just get so confused. Like, you're so sloppy. So do you want to get caught? I don't. Right. That's why I love when people do interviews with serial killers. I love that shit. Oh my gosh, what's that show called on Netflix? Um, I am a killer, and it's like talking yes. to people on death row, and they're all like, "Uh huh." <laughs> like, what? what's your point? I know they're so casual. They're like, about- "Yeah, I know my blood was everywhere." Did you have something else to talk about? And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> why? Like, like it's oh, just literally. I think why? it. I think I like um, following a lot of them too because when you do watch TV, it makes it seem like they peed by accident and that's how they found them. When a lot of them were really just did not care. Right. Like I feel like when you watch TV shows, obviously they want it to be like, oh, it's harder to find them, and like obviously they're trying to tell a story here. But I feel like a lot of people get caught up in like that's probably how most killers are caught, and realistically, it's not. It's a lot of them get caught on technicalities for like old probations before they uh-huh. started killing most of them don't originally even get picked up for killing we've seen numerous serial killers that have gotten picked up for like robbing someone or like smoking crack when they were on parole or something and then they're like some of them were dumb things too like they get pulled over for speeding and then they're the cops like why do you have dead bodies in the back of your car (laughs) and he's like oh shoot thought i got rid of those gotta kill you too (laughs) and then he's like already arrested like it's just most of them are so insanely careless it really blows my mind Cause like if you're gonna kill someone, do it right. Seriously, put a little effort into it. My God. Like this is why we wouldn't, cause we know we'd be sloppy and careless. This. Is yeah. I mean, apart from the fact that we're just not terrible people and we wouldn't go around killing people in the first place, but it just it's crazy to me that you're like, okay, I'm gonna be a killer, and then you just don't care if you get caught. Like, is it just the thrill of killing then that gets to you? Right. That you don't care. Like you just want to keep doing it until someone's like, oh, moron. Like. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. It's kind of wild. But guys, that is Derek Todd Lee. Um, like Ariel said, it, this was a very straightforward case. He's, a, you know, he killed, he was captured, he got sentenced. Mm-hmm. Like it wasn't, there wasn't a shit ton of information about him out there. Um, so probably not one of our longer episodes, but still, he was pretty interesting. Plus, um, you get to hear our lovely voices. So, like, that's always a win. Obviously, you should be satisfied. Yes, facts. (laughs) So, as usual, we would love it if you could like us, rate us, comment, um, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Feel free to email us suggestions. We are always open to any of those things. And we hope that you are having a wonderful Friday. And we will talk to you next week. Have a good week, guys.